we're glad you're here. Uh, we are in our last week of this series called Climb. What we've been talking about is that as we band together, as you are surrounded by people who are helping you along this journey of following God, we get to higher places than we would if we were just walking on our own. And so we've talked about different things that are really important. One is the fact that we gather. And we've talked about this every week. It's better when you're here. Um, the fact that you got up and got ready and got here is a really big deal. And so we talked about that and that, that the fact that the church, the word church, literally means gathering. That's what it means. We talked about communion and how taking communion together connects us um, with the grace of God in, in the uh, life, death, and resurrection of his son Jesus. We talked about how to handle conflict because when you're together and when you're with a group of people, sometimes there's differing opinions and how do you go through all that? And so we talked about that. Two weeks ago, we talked about giving and we talked about the idea that when we are faithful in our finances that uh, God does great things. We also talked about during that week, if you weren't here, um, the 1% challenge that Lisa and I are doing that we invited you to join with us uh, where we are going to take one more percentage of our income and give it back to the kingdom of God. It was something that was put on my heart when I was going through this series. I thought if I'm going to ask you guys to do something, uh, I might as well do it too. And so for some of you, you're, uh, you've, for the first time last week, you gave a, a, a portion of your income to the, back to God. It was already his, but you gave it back to him. And, and we talked about how the Bible says, test him in that and see what happens. So we're excited to hear about those stories. Then last week, you got one of these cards and uh, uh, about volunteering, about the fact that you were created in a unique shape with unique gifts, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be the pastor in order to carry a load as we head uh, down the road. So if you missed last week, uh, you can get one of these, and if you want, you can just check off a box. We talked about even if you pull weeds, if that's the one, you're, you're a weed puller, um, it takes a tremendous burden off of the church. It's someone we don't have to pay, and it also doesn't fall on uh, one of the staff to do it. So you can mark up all, all these things. We're getting them all together, and after Easter, uh, we'll get back in touch with you so that you can get plugged in. This morning, we are going to talk about something that might make you a little nervous, okay? Because we've been talking about everybody contributes something. That, that got you nervous. Uh, we've been talking about everybody uh, volunteers to do something. That got you nervous. This one's even worse than all of those things. No, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. Everybody has to share their weight. No, that's not what it is. Um, <laughs> it's the fact that you were created... And you are sitting here with a unique story, every single one of you, that God has shaped you. We talked about that last week with unique gifts and talents and all, all those things. But what I want to talk about this morning is that God has given you a unique story. And your story is very powerful. Your story is probably the thing that you have with you that is the most powerful. It's your experience. We lost a family member um, in the last couple weeks, and uh, at the funeral, there were a bunch of people sharing his story, but he couldn't share his story. His story was buried with him. That people could give their perspective of the man, and he was a great man, and they told some, some great stories about how much he cared for people and loved God and, and, and gave and was just was an awesome man. 
But he could no longer share his story. As a matter of fact, what was interesting, two months before he passed, um, it was uh, unexpected, he had penned his story, 20 pages of it, and had given it to his kids and his grandkids so that they would know his, uh, let's call it testimony. Now, when I use that word testimony, that's what got you guys nervous. Because the fact of the, the, the thing of sharing your testimony, it, it just sometimes rubs people the wrong way. So what I, what I want to do is just show you what's happening inside your brain right now. I'm going to give you some of the top reasons why people don't like to share their faith, share their journey with Jesus, okay? Um, and so uh, here's one question. What if they ask me a question I can't answer, <laughs> okay? So you're talking about God, you're talking about the Bible, and somebody says, can God make a rock so big that he himself cannot lift it? And you're like, well, I don't know. My mind just was blown right there. I, I have no idea. And you're worried that they might come up with something and trap you or trick you. And so, so that, that's kind of a little nerve-wracking. Um, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Like, I don't want to, like, force my opinion on somebody else and not want them to force. You know, I just, I don't, um, my life isn't quite all together. And so I'm not going to tell you what you should believe and all those things. Um, I don't want to be lumped in with weird people. I mean, let's just be honest <laughs> about it, okay? Some Christians are a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I get it. I totally get it. And it's like, we've seen them on TV. You've seen them in, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you're like, I do not want to be identified with, with, with that. So we try to use, I'm a Christ follower. I'm not a Christian. You know, I'm not, like we try to like somehow get, get our, ourselves away from it. I get it. Trust me. Trust me. I, I know a bunch of those people. Okay. Um, my life doesn't really reflect my beliefs like it should at this particular juncture, okay? Like, I can't share my faith because my life, I got some stuff going on, and once I break up, then maybe I could, maybe I could, I could do that. That would be fine, or what have you. Um, I've made a lot of really bad decisions, and so I'm disqualified to share my story. I, I, if you look at my life or you look at my past and maybe I've, I've had a couple marriages or my kids didn't turn out that great or, or I've been bankrupt a couple times or whatever, I just, I'm disqualified. Um, I made some bad choices. Um, this one's a good one. I'm still not sure what I believe. <laughs> like I, I'm still wrestling and we have a lot um, of, of people in our church that are in this process right now. So you're sitting there going, Going, yeah, that's, that's kind of me. I, I, I feel like I belong, but I don't know what I believe yet, you see? And so I get that. I get that. That's, that's fair. Um, here's one. My story is boring. <laughs> I got saved when I was five. I've never stopped going to church, and I've always believed in God, and I think I've sinned twice. Okay, that's your story, right? So you just think it's boring. One time I was at, uh, I, I went to a Christian high school, uh, with my wife, uh, and we would have chapel. And one particular chapel, an ex-football player got up uh, uh, to get, share his testimony. And it went something like this. I played professional football. I made a lot of money. I, I remember going out. I could do whatever I wanted. I had two really fast cars. It was, I was with a different woman every week. We were partying. And, and then I found Jesus. And I was like, oh, I was a 17-year-old boy, right? I'm just like, what? So I got to, how, how do you become the professional football thing? That's what I, I want. And then it was like, oh, man. And it's like, it's like I remember thinking this. I want a testimony. <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking. Like, I want a good testimony, right? Because we think the testimonies, 
the thing. Here's, here's, here's the other side of you guys uh, and me. My story would make people run out screaming. Like my story is that partying thing and I don't even know where I'd start. They, would, they, they wouldn't even know how to accept what God has done in my life. And, uh, and you know, all those things when you're 17 and you see a professional football player, you haven't been on the other side of the emptiness of what that life is. I just don't think he did a good job articulating the emptiness part uh, to the young kids. But what happens when you find yourself at the end of there with all the shame and all the baggage? And so really what I want to answer this morning is why why do we have to say something? And here's the other thing. If you're not a Christian right now, maybe someone drug you here or uh, whatever, you want to know this question too. What, why, why, do, why do people feel like they have to? Can't you just keep it to yourself? You all believe what I believe. You believe what I you believe. What, why, do, why, why do you have to make it public? Why do you have to say something? Well, I'm hoping that by the end of this morning... I will have answered that question for you. You can agree or disagree and you can figure out why. But I want to show you a story in the Bible where I think this becomes really, really clear. Why your particular story, no matter where you are right now, is very, very important. And why, with this journey with Jesus, we don't share our story at some final destination that we think we're going to get to. That we can share it all along. You say, John, if you knew my life right now, I'm telling you, your story is valuable and it's powerful. So let's take a look. Acts chapter 3 is where we're going to be. And uh, we're going to go through a lot of scripture, but we're going to skip some chunks and I'll, I'll fill you in on the details of what it is we're, we're um, talking about. So what, what's happened is Jesus, we're in Acts chapter 3. So Jesus has already died. He's been buried. The first Easter has already happened. And Jesus is now ascended to heaven. So there's no more Jesus. (laughs) Okay? And so you got these disciples with no Jesus. What they do have is the day of Pentecost came and they were given the Holy Spirit at that time. So now what you've got is kind of a hybrid disciple. Jesus is no longer around, but they're being empowered they're being directed, uh, and they're being um, uh, driven by the Holy Spirit, okay? And so this is a big deal for them. This is new ground for them. And in this particular case, they're back in the temple, okay? So they go into the temple, and uh, there they are, and the Pharisees are there, and the Sadducees are there. And uh, when Jesus died, the, the veil to the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom. It was ripped. So the Pharisees and everyone, they're probably trying to get that all sewn up, you know. And they're probably trying to figure out, what are we going to do with these people? Now, they were called, early Christians, it was called the way. That's, that, that was it. They weren't called Christians. It was called the way. And so the whole conversation is, what do we do with these guys and girls and women and uh, young men from the way? Because here they are in the temple, and this is what happens. They're, they're in the temple. They go through this gate called the, uh, it's, the gate was called Beautiful, and there was a beggar there who couldn't walk. And so what a beggar would do typically in that, in that time frame, they wouldn't look at you. They would, they would take a very humble posture. They put out their, their hand and they'd, and they'd beg. And so Peter walks up to this beggar and, and the Bible says he gazes at him. Now, I don't know what that 
like if he's like, st- like staring at him or whatever, but he gazes at him. And he says to the beggar, look at us. And the, the beggar looks up, and there's Peter and John, right, sitting there. I mean, standing there. And here's what happens. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I uh, have I give you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. The Bible says that he then grabbed the guy (laughs) and yanked him up. Okay, so you can imagine now. So here's this guy. uh, We'll see how old he is in just a little bit, but he's, he's, um, he's not a kid. And he gets up, and when he gets yanked up, he's on his two feet. Not only that, he didn't even have to go to physical therapy to try and get some muscles on there. He, he starts running around, leaping, praising God. I mean, can you imagine going from you can't, you can't walk to I can walk? What else is also weird is that he knows how to walk. Like, like it is a full-on healing. If you haven't been able to walk, you're, you know, you're kind of like, whoa, you know, this is, I'm way taller than I thought I was. You know, I, I don't know what happens to your brain, but, you, but he's just walking around. It also says... He's clutching onto Peter because you can imagine how he would feel about that. So there's just a lot of commotion. And, and, and people start rushing in. They all recognize who this guy is because for years and years and years, he was begging at the beautiful gate. And now he can walk. And so there's just a, a ton of commotion. Okay? So Peter begins to speak. And here's what Peter says. He's talking to everybody and he says, this, we didn't do this on our own, okay? We didn't, it, it's not some parlor trick. It has nothing to do with us. We're just vehicles of God. But he starts talking about what's happened in the last couple of days, and he uses really strong language. You killed the author of life, but God raised it from the dead. We are, this is a, a key point, witnesses. We've seen some stuff, and we've heard some stuff. We've seen it. This is key. He goes on. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. You know what's interesting? Whose faith? Not the man's. He just got yanked up. He didn't even know what was going on. He was just said, hey, look at me. Look at me. Ah! And then, you know, there he was. It was Peter's faith. He says, This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Okay, so this is what's going on. Now, Now, at this particular time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, with all the commotion, have made their way over here. And you can can kind of imagine. It hasn't been a great couple months for them okay so so you can kind of imagine them sitting there working around doing their priestly stuff and they hear this commotion you can kind of picture them going please don't be one of the disciples please please can we can we just move on can't they get their own temple what why why are we doing this and then you see them like look over ah it's peter oh no so they come over and they 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 uh arrest peter and john okay and um But watch what it says. In this process 
of them getting arrested and they spend the night in jail. But many who, what? Heard the message. Not saw the miracle, although that was a big part of it. Not studied the Bible on their own. Not looked up into the stars. Many who heard the message believed so that the number of men who believed grew to be about 5,000. And so here we find Peter in jail and people who've heard the message. Because the message of Jesus is not one that you'd just come to on your own if you were sitting under a tree. <laughs> you'd look at the tree and maybe you'd say, wow, they're you know, I don't think this happened by accident. Well, you know, God might have, maybe there's a God. You look up in the stars and you say, wow, this, these, those stars. And, you know, maybe, maybe it happened with the Big Bang. Maybe, maybe, but, you know, with this design, maybe God, however he did it, did it. And that would be going on in your mind. What wouldn't go in your mind if you were just sitting there is, I need to give my life over to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus wouldn't happen. You need to hear the message of Jesus in order to understand the process of a relationship with God. And so he says, many heard the message and believed. And so um, Peter and John are in prison when they come back, or jail, when they come back out, guess who's standing outside? Annas, the high priest, the one who, oh, I don't know, had Jesus killed. Caiaphas, the high priest before him, um, this guy named John and a guy named Alexander, who we don't know who they are, but the fact that they were named in here, the people first reading this would have gone, John and Alexander were there? Oh, man, they were in trouble. And a whole bunch of people from um, Annas' household and Sadducees and Pharisees. So there's this group of people. All It's the establishment. It's the man, okay? Peter and John come out and they face the man. And, and, and here's what happens. Peter, they ask him, under what power or name did this guy get healed? Here's what Peter says. And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is the Peter. Like you can imagine, Peter is a brawny dude. He, he's a fisherman. He does a lot of labor, pulling up fish and all that kind of stuff. One time Peter got upset, and so he cut off somebody's ear with a sword. This is Peter. He's, he's got a little bit of a temper, okay? So if Peter gets filled with the Holy Spirit, you could kind of imagine in your mind's eye that he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he just rains down fire, you know, or some type of a thing, or he... He has a dagger and he's like, you know, like whatever. And it like goes like 300 on, on these guys. And by, you know, with one, because some of that's in the Bible too. So it, could, it might come up. Uh, but, you know, he, he kind of, something happens where they get what's coming to them. Uh, but it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke. He spoke. He said something. Because it's vital when we're talking about Jesus, that we speak, that we share our story. And so he spoke to them, and he says, rulers and elders of the people. Then he gets a little sarcastic, and he says, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame, like, you know, is that what we're doing now? Arresting people who help people? Okay, well, whatever. Uh, and are being asked how he was healed. Here he says this. Then know this, you and all the people, 
It is by the name of Jesus. It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, which is just a... That's a I could see John being like, okay, you know, I'll just let, I'm just going to head over here. You just keep talking, you know. But anyway, uh, he says, who you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. It's that gospel, that good news. What we're going to be celebrating in a week is this. That Jesus, the Son of God, came in the form of man, lived a sinless life, and became the sacrifice, the very sacrifice that took the place of the sacrifices that were still going on in that temple at this time for all of our sin. Now, people don't just come up with that. They have to be told. That's why we call it the good news, not the good thoughts that I just came up with. The good news news. And news has to be spoken. And so Peter says, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead. And then he goes on for a little bit, and then, then he says this next verse, which is why, for those of you who maybe aren't followers of Jesus right now, would kind of have that question, well, what, yeah, why do you have to say something? What, 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 what is that? It's this verse right here. This is the theology behind it. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Fa- salvation is found in no one else. This is right out of Peter's own mouth. Now, you might be thinking, oh man, is that, is that what I have to say? Like, is that, is that my example for how I share my story? Absolutely not. That's Peter's example. That's Peter's story. Peter was the one that we looked back and he said, I was a witness. I've seen some things and I've heard some things and now I'm sharing the things I've seen and heard. This is what I'm doing. I'm telling my story. The reason they call it a testimony, okay, is because it's your story. It's your perspective. It's your testimony. When you go to court and they say, okay, you're going to testify now. What, and you say, well, you know, I think it would be nice. No, no, no. What did you see and what did you hear? Well, I, I didn't really see anything or hear anything. But I just, you know, I just think it's really neat that this person here, you know, that we have a court system. Like, what did you see? What did you hear? That's giving your testimony. And so he says, there, there's, there's no other name. And so you might be thinking to yourself, I don't, I don't, I'm not special enough to give my testimony. Either it's too raunchy and, and my mom told me never to s- tell anybody or it's boring or I didn't graduate from college and I, 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 I don't speak very good. Uh, it's very well, but that's okay. And then, um, you, you know, you, you're just going through all these things. What disqualifies you? I'm not, I haven't learned enough of the Bible. I haven't, it's your story. It's what you've seen and what you've heard and how Jesus has changed your life. And you might be in the very beginning part of this process, and your story might go something like this. You know, I, uh, oh, my wife and I were really struggling. It was difficult. We, we, we lost the house. We had to move into, a, we had to move into an apartment, and, and it was very humbling, and we decided, we looked at each other one day and said, you want to try church? And so we did. And we sat in church, and we didn't know anything. We just knew church felt good. And so we kept going back. 
And so we've been there for about two months, and I don't know if I've got everything figured out, but, but I like the people there, uh, most of them. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, and, and, and that's it. And I'm just, you know what? I'm just going gonna, gonna to pursue this Jesus thing. That's your story. That's your testimony. You say, but that didn't convince anyone. Your job isn't to convince anyone. Your job is to tell your story. And so here's the thing. I just want to, this next verse is just the reason I, I'm telling you this is because this next verse is so important for some of you because you just don't feel qualified. Here's, here's what happens. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Something was happening. Something was happening. Now, that's our only job, is to be with Jesus to the best that we can. As he begins to refine us, as through the Holy Spirit begins to say, you know what, this particular part of your life is going to have to go. And as we begin that process of, of, of purifying or, or, you know, sanctification is the fancy word for it, but just becoming more like Jesus. Because Christianity can be boiled down to this. Are you more or less like Jesus than you were yesterday? Because Jesus is the goal. That's why the name of Jesus needs to be spoken. That's why in this sermon, I've probably said the word Jesus 157 times. <laughs> because it has to be spoken. And so, they, they know, they'd seen that they'd been with Jesus. Um, but they've got this quandary now. Because you've got this man who's probably still running around. <laughs> like, hey, hey, you know what happened to me yesterday? You know, he's probably buzzing around. And they're like, oh, man, you know, can you go home for a little bit? Because we just like to get the whole trial thing done. And, and, and they've got this healing that's happened. But they don't like the way. It, 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 it's, a, it's in the way <laughs> for what they're trying to do. And so they're, they're arguing back and forth with each other. Like, man, we can't punish these guys or the crowds are going to go nuts. They, we, we can't deny that a, a, a man's been healed. Everybody knew him. So here's what they say. Acts 4.17. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer. In other words, even they know if we stop speaking, it'll die. Because you have to be told good news. You don't just make it up on your own. And so, no longer uh, to speak to anyone in his name. They called them again and commanded them uh, not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And then Peter starts speaking again, and he starts off with another little sarcastic jab, uh, which is really fantastic. He says, which is uh, right in God's eyes, to listen to you? Or to him? Which is the one? Because I was listening to him, but then you guys showed up. So now, are you now the replacement? Like, you know, he gets all, I don't know if he said it that way. I would have. So that's, uh, you be the judges. And then this is what the compelling thing is. 
And if you're, if you're a person who works with a Christian and you don't know why they can't stop talking about their church or the Bible or what God did or all that, and you're like, ooh, or they keep inviting you to church and you're here because you're finally like, if I go once, will you stop, please? And now you're here, okay? Let me give you some insight into why some people can't stop, okay? As for us, we cannot stop uh, speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. It's too real. Like, how do I stop telling somebody where my life was and where it is now? Now, again, it doesn't happen. You, we do it respectfully, you know, and we do it in a certain times when it's appropriate. But, but if somebody says, how's it going? And you're like, oh, it's going really good. Ooh, I want to talk about Jesus. You know, it's like, it's going great. Yeah, it's going great. Oh, what's, what's great? Uh, well, my marriage is, is getting healed. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's good. What, what, what'd you do? Well, we started going to church. Like, oh, man, yeah, well, good for you. And yeah, yeah, and I'm, I don't, I'm really getting close to believing that. Or maybe you're like, you've been a Christian for a long time and you've got your little thing down or whatever. It's just your story. Now, here, here's the thing that I wanted us to see a little bit this morning. Do we stop talking? Or maybe we're not compelled to talk because we've stopped seeing some things and we've stopped hearing some things. And we've gotten into a place in our life where our relationship with Jesus is just something we've added on to. And, and, and church or whatever is just something that's become a ritual. Instead of seeing what God could do. Maybe there's a part of our life we're not giving over completely to God. And so we're not seeing the miracles we saw in the beginning when we were totally sold out. Maybe we're a little bit disconnected because we're busy. And so we've stopped hearing some things. And so we're not, we're not connected with other believers in a small group or just however. We, we, we've stopped hearing some things. So the compelling nature of wanting to speak and wanting to share our story is stopping because we're not seeing some things and we're not hearing some things. I've, I've found in my own life that at the times I'm not ready to share my story, it's because I've stopped seeing, I've stopped hearing, I've stopped risking because when you risk something and, 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 and there's something that God does, it's, you can't stop. And so I, when we look at something like this, I wonder if in, in the back of my mind, I'm not thinking, Lord, I want to I speak more. Can you show me more and can I hear more? And he might say, I already have. You need to risk more. And then you'll see more and hear, hear more. So we can't stop. So they basically let them go, okay? And they go, and they go to this upper room, and they start telling all the other Christians, you'll never guess what happened. Because they just saw something, and they just heard something, and so they have to speak something. So they tell them the whole story. And, and all of the Christians in that room are just stoked, and they begin to pray. And what they pray for is amazing to me on a couple notes. If it were me... And again, I just like to place myself in there. I would, I would pray that Annas, the high priest, got run over by a camel. Okay? 
I would pray that um, at the next election of Pharisees, the party that's more into the way would get in there. I would, I would pray that uh, based on my life and what I want to accomplish in my life, I would like to get some Pharisees in there that represent who I am. You know what? You know what they end up praying for? Or, or just the utter destruction of all the Pharisees. We can pray for that too or whatever. They, they don't pray for any of that. Here's what they pray for. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak. Now, the re- so on the one hand, it's weird because that isn't what I'd pray for. I would have prayed for them to be wiped off the map. The other thing is they had just spoken really boldly. <laughs> like, basically, they start off the whole speech with, hey, remember Jesus who you killed? Like, that, like that is really bold. And yet, when they get back, what do they want to do? Speak boldly. They pray to God, help me speak. So it says, let me speak your word word with great boldness. Now watch what happens. After they prayed, the place that they were meeting was shaken. Like this is a prayer God wants to answer for us. If, if you pray today, Lord God, help me hear some things and see some things in my own life and then give me the boldness in, when it's appropriate and in the right way to be able to share the story, my story of how you redeemed my marriage, how you got me out of addiction. And some of us are scared to share our story because our story has some pretty dark places in it, doesn't it? I would encourage you to share that part of your story. You're going to connect with somebody who's going right through that. You've been through a couple marriages? Tell them. This is what Jesus did. You didn't, weren't that great of a parent? Tell them. This is what happened. This is what Jesus did. Jesus redeemed that. You haven't been that great with your finances? That's part of your story. It's all part of the redemptive process. You struggle in some certain areas? Just Look, this is where I'm at. If you pray, and we're going to have a chance to do this in just a little bit, Lord, Give me the courage to speak with great boldness. Help me see some things. Help me hear some things. Help me risk some things. And then give me the courage. That's the kind of prayer God wants to answer. That's building, shaking prayers. He says, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And guess what they did? They spoke. (laughs) The word of God boldly. It happened. As... Ajwa comes back up. Um, I want to read one other section of Scripture that was written by Peter. So now Peter's a little older, okay? So he he had that particular um, event. And you can imagine what Peter would say to you and I, having experienced that. So I would expect if Peter was giving us advice on how to share our story, it would say something like, and you look him right in the eye. And you tell him, you killed Jesus. And then you tell him, I'm not going to stop speaking. And you're going to tell him that there's no other name on heaven and earth. That's not the advice Peter gives us, the more seasoned Peter gives us. Here's what Peter says. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. I mean, it has to start there. If you're sharing your story just because somebody up on a stage told you to share your story, don't, okay? It needs to start with, man, he's Lord. And when he becomes Lord, 
And we call that, you, when you invite him into your heart, when you invite him into your life, and he becomes Lord, and you give him kingship of your life, you begin to see some things and hear some things. And so it starts there. But in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Peter says, make him Lord of your life. Sell out. Just go for it. And then share your story. Anyone wants to know what the hope you have for you? You do that. And watch what he says. Very, it's, almost like, it's almost like he thinks back upon when he was younger. And he goes and adds this one thing. But do this with gentleness and respect. A little different Peter. Now, I, I know it was the Holy Spirit that inspired Peter. Uh, and so I, he's probably not making up for something he did. That's what the Holy Spirit had him do at that time. But can you see the two bookends of this? There might be a time when the Holy Spirit empowers you and, and it's time to just say a really strong word to somebody. But for the most part, it's just sharing your story of what you've seen God do in your own life. And if you don't have a story, it might be time to risk something so that God can do something in your life. We're going to take a little bit of time to reflect and um, this is the time we fill out those connection cards. And like jean said, we ask every household to fill one out. And we track them and we follow up with people. And, and it's, just, it's just a great way to help us help people. It's a, it takes off a giant load, the fact that you guys are so good at this. And, and let, me, let, me, let me just explain how this happened one time. Uh, last week, somebody came to me and said, I hadn't seen so-and-so in a while. And I hadn't seen him either because... It gets so crowded sometimes with the one service that I can't remember who, who was here and who wasn't here. And I said, well, do you mind if I get on my phone while we're talking and just uh, check some things? And I said, no. And so I got on our database and uh, looked them up. And I said, oh, they were here uh, last week, the week before, the week before, the week before, and the week before. I, I think they're okay. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but no, no, I said, but they, but they weren't here last week. They missed that one week. I said, so good for you. You noticed the one week in the last three months they weren't here, you noticed. That's fantastic. That's what we want. That's what church is supposed to be. And so the only reason that works is because you guys fill out those connection cards. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. It takes a huge load off. So we do that. We other thing we are thankful for is that you write a lot of prayer requests on those things, and that is exactly what we want with those. We pray for every single one every single week. But the other thing I wanted to talk about as to have you reflect on, is maybe to pray that prayer. Aja was going to read a poem that she wrote while I was talking, and, um, and, and, and just to wrap all that up. And then she's going to play a song called Never Once. It says, Never once have I ever walked alone. Never once. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. And maybe your prayer during that time when we begin singing that song is this, Lord, Help me to just do this with you. Give me the boldness to speak my story, even the dark spots. And through that process, bring glory to you. Let me pray for us. Lord, we are thankful for your goodness. We're thankful that you've given us all a story. Some of them are difficult. Some of them have very dark seasons in them. But Lord, it's you who brings beauty out of those ashes. 
It's you who turns these stumbling blocks into stepping stones. It's you who takes something that the enemy or our flesh would use against us and you turn it into something that gives us strength, that allows us to give value to somebody else because they get to hear our story. And so, Lord, I just pray for us as we uh, listen to your voice at this time uh, that we would hear you. We'd hear some things and we'd see some things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.